six sides of school I fatted no for today I hit the radio dial and turn it up all the way I play Hey everybody and welcome back to another uh, episode of the UK Hockey Fam podcast. Uh, I'm Shane and I'm here with my son Finn. Hi guys. And uh, twice a week we do a podcast um, all about all things to do with hockey but specifically focusing on our team, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, we are based here in Oxfordshire, UK and so we hope to have uh, or offer a bit of a unique perspective on, on hockey from... Um, fans living in Europe. Uh, we're Canadians, but we're based here in the UK, and uh, we love everything to do with hockey. There are uh, four hockey players, active hockey players in the family, and um, and twice a week we do a podcast. We're now doing a short form one, sort of midweek around Wednesday, and uh, we'll do a longer form one at the weekend, and today's is one of the longer form ones, and that means today we have, uh, what have we got? Uh, we have Cliffy's Notes uh, okay. coming for its second ever go on the podcast. Yeah, Scott and Cliff, uh, a friend of ours who lives up north in Sheffield uh, and is a, a really knowledgeable about the UK hockey scene, is going to um, call in and uh, do his regular slot. We call Cliffy's Notes. That'll be on today. Uh, it's All-Star Weekend, just the end of All-Star Weekend, so we want to get dig into that a little bit, talk about the All-Star game. Yeah, definitely. Um, we have some trade news. I know Dubas released that uh, earlier in the week, uh, but we'll get to that. Um, and we also want to talk about the Caps game. Yeah, so there hasn't been, obviously, a lot of hockey action um, since we last podcasted, other than the All-Star game. But they, um, we played and beat the Caps since then, so we'll talk a bit about that and maybe some other Leafs stuff as well. But let's start by getting right into it about the um, the All Star game. Did you enjoy the All Star, or, or sorry, the All Star weekend? Did you enjoy the All Star weekend? Yeah, I mean, it's always a great thing because you always get to see the amazing players do what they do best, right? Um, and they're obviously the best of the best. It's yeah. the All Star. Um, but I know there are quite a few events that you, me, and I know quite a few people like. Uh, especially, obviously, the game's quite fun because you never. It's not really a serious like league game. Uh, so people are just pulling off crazy uh, stuff like a crazy moves. Stamkos skull. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll get into all that in a minute. So um, the thing for me about the All-Star Weekend has always been that it was sort of like, meh, you know, uh, not necessarily all that interested. Never really been that interested in the game because it's, they never seem to pick the right players and everything else. Um, and like you say, it's a, it's a bit of fun, although t- make no mistake, they, they take it seriously. Uh, but I do like the skills competitions and that sort of stuff because it's interesting and you know you are, uh, this, they've thought up some really imaginative imaginative stuff uh, that you really like and so as a tribute to that uh, here at UK Hockey Fam headquarters we thought up our own so they have a fastest skate competition yeah yeah um, M- McDavid is was the reigning champion and we'll get into what happened about it and so. What they've done there is they've tried to um, think of a, of a distance that you could probably get up to your sort of maximum velocity within and pass a speed gun. And, um, and, they, time, or, and they time that as well. And uh, so here at UK Hockey Fam headquarters, as a tribute to that, we've set up our own uh, fastest course here. And we reckon that um, by distance from the, <coughs> the room that the podcast studio is in, out, out outside to the garage 
where the beer fridge is, is probably about 50 meters. And we inside that fridge, we put one bottle of uh, Goose Island IPA and one can of A&W root beer. And we've timed ourselves to see how fast uh, we could make it to that fridge and back with the beverage of your choice. And, uh, <coughs> and I'm a bit disappointed to say that uh, the reigning champion for this year, 2019, in the fastest beverage retrieval uh, event was Finley with a time of 9.8 seconds. So <laughs> well done to you, Finn. <laughs> well done to you, Finn. And, uh, uh, but what I am going to say is if you listen closely here, I did get my goose, and uh, and I do have <laughs> it with me here uh, for the podcast. Anyway, so that's the UK Hockey Fam event. Uh, fast escape, uh, fast escape was um, Connor McDavid again this year. He re- uh, retained his title three years in a row. That's three years great. in a row. Three years in a row. Uh, then we had. I'm trying to think what the other things were. Hardest shot. Yeah, that was John Carlson of the Washington Capitals. And um, and. Also, uh, what else do we have? That uh, what was that one where they had to put the puck through the three different holes? Uh, the puck relay. Wait, is that what it was called? Yeah. Where they skated around the Gatorade balls? Yeah, puck relay. Okay, and so who won that? Uh, I think it was Johnny Goudreau. Goudreau, uh, and was it Kane? No, who was who was there with him? Uh, that came in second. Kane, Patrick Kane. Yeah, Patrick Kane. Uh, so that was cool, um, seeing them do that. <coughs> uh, what are, what else? There was premium passing or whatever. Yeah, that was one Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah, yeah, Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah, and um, and listeners will note that we're leaving out a few um, others. Uh, others that we'll mention in a minute. Uh, uh, accuracy competition. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to try and think who this was. It wasn't Matthews. No, it wasn't. Mm. Oh, I might have to look it up in a minute. <laughs> I, it was. I know it wasn't Matthews. It, you you can see that uh, how you know how spellbinding all this is when we can't even remember who won them, because actually the the uh, the big story of uh, of the All Star Weekend is of course being um, the amazing performance uh, from some of the women from professional hockey who were invited to the tournament, and uh, and have just made uh, you know. I think hopefully a real turning point or another um, uh, another great leap for women's hockey. And so before we get into the details about that, we'll go back to, uh, we talked about two podcasts ago, I think it was, that we were talking about the sport of ringette. Do you remember me talking about that? Yes, you were talking about how girls weren't allowed to play hockey uh, when you were younger and they played ringettes. So. Yeah, so when I was young, about 14,000 years ago or whatever, uh, the no girls played hockey. And um, and I th- I think they weren't allowed to play, and instead where I was from in or where I grew up in a real hockey uh, hotbed of southwestern Ontario, the uh, they had they created this other sport called ringette, and girls played ringette, and the game was basically just like hockey except they played with uh, sticks with the blades cut off, and they played with a rubber ring instead of a puck, which always seemed crazy to me, and so it was it, it's been fantastic to grow up in an era where um, we've seen girls and women come into the game. Yeah, and um, and you know, in in the lower leagues, certainly playing side by side with uh, you know, their counterparts, boys and and men in rec league and everything else, 
here in the UK. Uh, Finn, you've got a couple girls on your team who are are awesome. You know, lots of them are great skaters. Yeah. And uh, if it wasn't for a ponytail sticking out the back of a few helmets, you'd never have any idea who was you know who was a boy and who was a girl on that team. Yeah. And um and I've played, uh I've played on a few teams with some really excellent um, women defenders forwards. Uh, I know a couple great um, female goalies as well. So that that all as um you know happens in within one generation within this sport. And uh, but you know what you d- you certainly don't get over here is much sight of professional hockey other than maybe the Olympics. Yeah. Um. Yeah, pretty pretty much the Olympics or maybe some big tournament like probably the World Juniors or or, or some some big or the Hockey World Cup for example. So yeah, no, absolutely. So national we we see national teams. Yeah, but not pro teams. Um, mm, yeah, you no. know we uh, we just don't get it over here. We barely get the NHL or or you have to make a real effort to see it. So um, we don't really see it, and so. Um, the NHL Batman or whoever invited quite, uh, um, you know, quite admirably invited some four women to come and um, participate uh, to a certain extent in the All-Star Weekend. So uh, we're going to name them and we'll tell you uh, what teams they're from because th- not a lot of that has been coming out in the news. So first one, I'll do the first one. First one everybody's heard loads about over the weekend. It was uh, Brianna Decker. She plays for Team USA, um, but her actual pro team is a Canadian team. She plays for the Calgary Inferno. Uh, secondly, another one we heard a lot about over the weekend, uh, Kendall Coyne Schofield. Uh, also plays for Team USA and also Minnesota Whitecaps. Yeah, awesome. Su- two superstars there. Also, um, so they're both Americans. And then um, there were two Canadians there as well. Uh, the first one was uh, Rebecca Johnston, who uh, plays for Team Canada. And uh, she also is a teammate of Brianna Decker on the Calgary Inferno. And finally, we have uh, Renata Fast, uh, also plays Team Canada. And her actual team is the Toronto Furies. Yeah, so um, four superstars. I mean, uh, in one weekend, the UK hockey fam, those of us in UK hockey fam, have gained four brand new professional hockey players that we totally love. We're huge fans uh, of um, all those players. They are rad. And um, so... The two big stories that came out, um, we'll do. Uh, we're, we'll talk some more about this with Cliffy when he comes on, actually, because I'd be interested to know what he thinks about all this. Yeah. Uh, but um, Kendall Coyne Schofield, uh, fastest skate competition, and so the these four women were actually invited to be involved, sort of from a demonstration point of view, which which is you know a a, a bit weird. They should have just been invited to participate or whatever. But yeah. But for whatever reason, um, <coughs> they you know, like they do in the Olympics, when they br- want to bring something new into the into the Olympics, they bring it in as a demonstration first, and then hopefully it becomes part of the actual event. So maybe that's maybe that's the approach here. Uh, but Kendall Coyne Schofield actually was um, they invited her to properly participate in the competition because somebody dropped out. And uh, they had Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon dropped out. And so they asked her if she wanted to take part in the actual competition, which was which is brilliant. So um, she lines up and absolutely beasts it around that course. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about where she ended up coming? Well, let's just talk about her performance first, because for it, it is so inspirational to see a skater like that, um, because she's a power skater and she's obviously quick. 
I mean, to get invited into that competition, you've got to be super quick. And everybody knows you're super quick, right? So they know she's quick. And, um, and you can just see from her stance and her stride, she's gone like a shot. And you can see her digging in. And you can see the work that's, you know, that she's done. Um, and op- um, certainly over the years with probably power skating coaches and things like that, that's just totally paid off. And um, one of the things I love about it is that you've got to you got to carry you got to have your stick you've got your full kit on and you got to have your stick in one hand because yeah. you know there's no point in being able to skate fast unless you can skate fast in proper hockey conditions and um, and when you look at the video most of you listening will have already seen this video anyway you'll have seen McDavid and you will definitely have seen um, Coin Schofield and just look at the way that she throws her upper body into that into that skate you know she she throws her arms forward like propelling herself forward so she's got those big got it got big leg muscles pushing pushing the skates but her whole front the top top part of her body is just being thrown forward as well and it's just poetry in motion to watch yeah but to give you an idea her stature she's five foot two jeez and she weighs 125 pounds and i know you're a stones guy um for weight and so that's uh, 14 pounds. So it's less than 10 stone. Five foot two, less than 10 stone. Moves like a bullet. Is a badass hockey player. Um, Kendall Coyne Schofield, you know, uh, we salute you. So Brianna Decker, right, is the other big story. Yeah, she was probably the... So fir- first, before we go into that, Kendall Coyne Schofield just over a second behind Connor mcdavid and i think that's all that's that's all anybody needs to know you, do you know what i mean I, in in terms of who who finished where in that competition Connor mcdavid retains his cha- his championship uh but um kendall coin schofield the first woman to p- compete in any all-star nhl all-star event finished less than one second behind him behind the top what the top skater in the league and probably the world right possibly um, but let's move on to Brianna Decker. So she took part in the passing one. Yeah, so the, I keep calling it the premium passing. I don't even know if that's what it was called. But the, the setup here, I'll let, you t- I'll, let, I'll let you tell what happened. But the setup of, of this was that she wasn't an actual competitor. This is w- what they intended for them to do. She was, a, she was going to demonstrate the course and what, how, what you did in the event to the other competitors to show them how to do it, basically, yeah. this was the setup, yeah? Um, so the uh, NHL winner was Leon Draisaitl of the Edmonton Oilers, uh, a minute nine. Um, but she did it uh, in one minute and six seconds. Yeah, and and so um, a couple of things. The first one was because she was demonstrating it, she wasn't listed as an actual competitor, which was you know totally lame. Yeah, but she should have just been in it, and uh, even as a demonstrator, that she should have just been in it. Um, so because she was demonstrating it, they also didn't run the official clock on her. Yeah. But of course, loads of loads of uh, fans were there, and I mean it was the, and the packed packed at uh, the Shark Tank and whatnot, and so loads of people filmed it, of course, and loads of people timed it, and when they timed it, they discovered that none of the men that stepped up from the NHL best bettered her time. Yeah, which is which is obviously amazing, right? Um, totally amazing. And totally a huge step women's hockey in that aspect well just just in the fact that just to clarify there it's a huge step in that it's a huge step for them to be recognized or or for for us for the rest of us that that don't really see women's pro hockey 
uh, it's a big step for them f to be able to um, demonstrate to us how incredible these athletes are. Um, you know, they have nothing to prove because they're already great, right? It's just that people don't know the, how great they are. Yeah. Um, so w she, uh, that, that wasn't there like a $25,000 yeah, like so bonus or whatever you got for winning. So this was the, probably the bigger story of the two, uh, between, um, coin Schofield and Decker. The bigger story was with the Decker thing, because also in the all-star competition, if you remember every, uh, the winner of every event gets paid $25,000 us cash, yeah. which is a good chunk of money to anybody. Even if you're making your millions to uh, go in a little competition like that, little shootout or whatever, and get twenty five thousand. That's that's a chunk of coin. It's pretty you know? good. And um, but of course, because uh, Decker w wasn't listed as an official uh, entrant in that competition, she wasn't eligible for the prize money. Um, so a few different things have ha have happened. And, and again, we'll leave. We'll park that for a minute. We'll we'll talk about it some more when we when we've got Cliffy on. Um, but social media just blew up about all this. And uh, these two, or well, these four amazing athletes are now just sort of everyday names in the hockey scene. If you play hockey, you know who these people are. And that is incredible. It's an absolutely amazing thing to have happen. And um, 20, uh, the All-Star ga Game or the All-Star Weekend 2019 will forever be remembered as the one where women came and kicked everybody's ass. Yeah, and that's going to just be amazing. It's going to inspire so many young people, especially girls, to uh, take up the sport and uh, try and make it. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and just thinking about that, uh, you know, I I just the amount of um, um, young uh, female hockey players that just sort of came out of the woodwork on so on social media over the weekend that were just all over the place. It was just amazing to see and and so great and just it just makes the game so much richer for all of that um so that was amazing what about some other uh, a couple other standout moments of the all-star we haven't talked about the game yet and uh and there were some pretty cool moments um so especially if you're a leaf fan the huge one that i know everyone even if you're just a hockey fan but especially san jose fans or leafs fans was the austin matthews uh jersey reveal kind of thing yeah. So when so Austin Matthews was taking part in the accuracy competition, um, and he stepped up to take his go, and just before they blew the whistle, Tavares came over with him, and everyone was wondering, right, what's going on here? There's some something going on. Um, Matthews dropped uh, dropped dropped his stick and gloves and, t and took off his math uh, his normal Matthews Leafs jersey. jersey. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't even an all star jersey. It was his, oh. his actual jersey. Oh yeah, no, he, they were just in their um, in their normal jerseys for but, the. But he the he took off his normal jersey, and underneath was an all star Marlowe jersey, the brand new all star yeah, Marlowe yeah. jersey. And being San Jose, the whole Shark Tank were mental, right? Yeah, and because um, because of Marlowe, what's Marlowe's connection with San Jose? He he played there for many years. Yeah, so they love him. He's a, he's he's one of their mo the most loved players in San Jose. I think he played there for nine seasons or something like that yeah something crazy and um he devoted lots lots of uh time and effort and i'm pretty sure he probably donated some of the charities there yeah so marlo's a huge deal in san jose and i'm pretty sure he he even uh came to san jose and watched a bit of the all-star game because uh Math i think matthew stayed at his house if i think if i remember rightly um but yeah this complete class act by austin matthews yeah um 
just showing that much respect and it shows how much uh chemistry those two have um with him taking taking off his, his own jersey his own family jersey with his family watching and putting on uh his teammates jersey and uh just a, such a class act and i just think it was awesome yeah me too uh just such a uh, austin matthews is just the real deal man he is such an amazing guy and uh and so i think you just referred to he was interviewed and um, and he said something to the effect of he thanked Patty Marlowe for allowing him to come and hang out in his city. And uh, he said, I hope you're enjoying your holiday, which was sort of a tip to the fact that, you know, you, you may not be here, but at least you got the weekend off type of thing. And um, and yeah, and uh, did it, did his event in the skills competition wearing uh, wearing a Marlowe jersey. And I, I think that is just, you know, that team is so tight as a as a group of guys that um you know it's just another tick in the box that makes them cup contenders yeah um i know and it was probably one of our first podcasts but um we talked about the whole captaincy thing and we talked talked about the last time cliffy was in the show as well that's right yeah and uh my whole view on the whole thing was i thought kadri was going to be was going to be the next captain but after this whole thing i think i'm gonna have to agree with you and i'm pretty sure cliffy said the same thing I'm going to have to agree with you guys that I think Matthews is probably going to be the next captain, especially after this show. The one thing I was uh, like uh, kind of skeptical about um, was that I didn't know if he was a, a leader just yet or that in with the group, if you know what I mean, in with all the veterans and everything. Um, but this just shows he is, and this shows that he can be a leader and he can be such a classy guy. And um, he he's just right for the captain. Well, so... We're going to talk some more about Naz later on when we get because Naz has had just an absolute blinder of a of a game recently. I, he's a great player as well, and definitely shouldn't be counted out on the whole C competition. Um, but no, you got to hand it to Matthews. You, you start to think, why wouldn't they make him captain? You know, it's just he is just such a solid player, uh, such a nice guy. He clearly uh, is a is a popular favorite amongst um, not only the Leafs, but you know the whole of the NHL. So um, who knows? He 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 does. He remains the top contender for me as as far as the C goes. So that was really awesome. Um, uh, the All Star game. Uh, so Lisa. So we followed more of the the uh, Atlantic Division. Yeah. Because uh, that that's the division the Leafs are in. Um, they lost their first and only game. Um, was it six to four? to i'm gonna say metropolitan i think because uh, that was a uh, crosby's team oh yeah because uh, crosby i think scored twice in that game yeah um and crosby ended up being mvp of the end up getting mvp tournament or whatever you call it yeah so i think it was uh we lost to metropolitan um tavares scored yeah a nice backhand goal uh jeff skinner a pretty good buffalo player um, Steven Stamkos with that amazing through the between legs. Between the legs, the one that everybody always tries in practice, and and uh, he pulls it off in our actual like NHL game with the best players in the NHL. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I can't remember who's who scored the last one, but one of the one of the big things was uh, for me uh, was going back to the whole um, all teams must be represented thing. Mm. And um, so we started off the game. I'm pretty sure it's only two periods or something. Like it's just like a like not proper three period game. Yeah. Um so we started off with the first period. We started um Andre Vasilevsky, who we all know is 
Vesna goalie. Yes. Unbelievably talented and really, really good. Um, and he made some big saves, obviously. Great goalie. Yep. Um, and then, so the Atlantic was were able to take the lead. And then uh, then came up our, our other goalie, uh, Jimmy Howard. Uh, not not as much as a of a household name as Vasilevsky. Um, Detroit. So he was the he was representing Detroit. Right. And um, I think he he, he uh, compared to Vasilevsky, sieved up a bit. Did he? Um, so I'm pretty sure we went into into the second period, uh, leading three to two. Uh, scored again, make it four to two. They s- and then they scored. Uh, if it was four to two, they scored four, four straight unanswered goals. Yeah, on the uh, on the Red Wings sieve. Uh, on uh, Jimmy Howard. Um, Your grandmother could have scored on that guy. Yes, literally. And she's barely able to walk. <laughs> exactly. Um, but this just shows that um, people like uh, if and Anderson was in net, completely different story. Probably would have won, right? Yeah. Um, could have used uh, could have used old Mitchie out there. I'm pretty sure we could have used half of the Leafs team, <laughs> but we've been through this. And uh, if if there wasn't this rule, number one, for young kids uh, paying money to go all the way to San Jose to go and watch their favorite players, say some kid some kid from Detroit who never gets to watch a hockey game, but his parents have said, right, we're going to take you to the All Star game, and you go there, and none of your none of your team's players are there. Not in one way, the, the uh, all the other teams would be unbelievably good and would have the best of the best playing um but then you go back to the thing that kid went there to watch his his team and his favorite players play and they're not there yeah um so that in in a way that's that's why that's why you need at least one guy from each team um but then going back to that uh if we were making our best team i'm not gonna lie it'd probably be a hybrid of pasternak Maybe Mar- Marshan would probably make the cut. Then you'd obviously have Mitchie, you'd have Riley, you'd have Anderson, and then you'd probably just have a load of Tampa Bay players as well. Yeah. It would just literally be a three... Like if, a, if, it, if it was based on just putting together the biggest badass team that could it would li- kill it would, anyone. It would be a hybrid of Bruins, a couple Sabres players, yeah. um, Leafs, and Tampa Bay. So... In the in the actual games themselves, obviously, um, because it was hosted in San Jose, San Jose, they had three players. Yeah, they had Joe Pavelski, Brent Burns, Burns, and Eric Carlson. And Carlson, and so they put them all in the same line. And in fact, they came out and started. They were the the first line for that yeah. for that team. And um, Carlson scored, I think, straight off the bat. He rifled one so hard through the five hole that even though it, the uh, um, goalie shut the door. It's still squeezed through anyway. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. It is crazy. But so they let those three guys play together. What about JT and uh, Austin? Yeah, so that that was the thing we couldn't get. So obviously all the all-star teams have have an all-star coach. Um, and the all-star coach for the Atlantic Division was Tampa Bay's coach. can never remember his name. Uh, but they had Tampa Bay's coach. So uh, obviously you already have a favorite with three Tampa Bay players playing on that team, right? Yeah. And then their coach coaching. Yep. Um, but Matthews and Tavares did not get put on the same line. Yeah. Uh, Tavares was with uh, Samkos, so yeah. number no, so you have two number ninety ones in the same team. Yeah, which doesn't make but no, not not just the same team, same line, it's the same line. Yeah, um, which is already is pretty crazy because you may as well split them up, right? So you know, 
but so th this line's up this is Stamkos's line yeah then you don't really know if it's if it's Stamkos that scored or Tavares that scored yeah um or done whatever um and Matthews got put on some other <laughs> other line yeah they never they never it's weird they just didn't let them play together it, even for like a minute would have been pretty cool but um but anyway that didn't happen so um all-star weekend is a wrap and um some um, amazing stories that came out of that you got another um i know you tweeted and instagram this carlton the bear playing goalie in the <laughs> mascot game <laughs> oh yeah, you know, uh, talk, yeah. Talk my most really s almost sickeningly of all the effort that we put into uh, social media and these podcasts and everything else without a doubt the most popular message that i've uh tweeted or uh put on facebook was a picture of all the nhl mascots sitting together in the stairs and i think in the shark tank somewhere and uh and i also put up a picture of uh carlton the uh toronto maple Leafs polar bear mascot playing uh, in goal during the the mascots game i didn't even know he was a goalie no i didn't even know they had a mascots game to be honest i didn't either it's awesome though and so I, p I tweeted the picture of Carlton as a goalie, and I think I received 350-odd likes. Jeez. It's the, it's, the best, it's the best producing post that we've ever done. And we, uh, we've got, on Instagram, we've got 11, more than 11,000 followers or whatever. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, madness. So, yeah, the, uh, the mascots game, I actually think it is a thing. I just don't think I ever paid any attention no, to it. No, I'm not sure any, anyone really, unless you're, like, proper diehard, right? I, I know none, <laughs> none of us or none of my friends <laughs> I don't die, think knew die anything. Diehard mascot fan. <laughs> diehard mascot fan. Let's go with I that. Bet I bet they're out there somewhere. Uh, someone, someone will have no other jerseys than just literally mascot jerseys. They'll have like a frame <laughs> gritty jersey. Oh God. Like they'll they'll go up to the, the they'll have like someone someone somewhere will buy one of those like VIP passes where they can go meet the players. Claude Drew, hi mate. Like a. Or s it's like Wayne Simmons or something. Go to Gritty. I want your signature. Yeah, give me your autograph. Yeah. Right, and you know, have a couple pictures taken with him. Yeah, no one else, just Gritty. Okay, I hate Gritty. Let's move on. Oh, um, so yeah, that was our All Star Weekend 2019. Um, some interesting hockey. Some class. Some real class shown by Austin Matthews. Uh, headline for sure though, all about women's professional hockey. Fantastic. Yep. Um, it was so glad that that all happened and, and it made the weekend for me. Um, we're going to have Cliffy on in a few minutes, but did you want to talk trades or something? Yes. So Dubas earlier in the week said he is looking for to acquire a D-man, most likely from the Carolina Hurricanes, which got a lot of people talking. And I, I know you, both you and me ended up researching this as mm. well. And I think we found a guy that we would both like yeah. from Carolina Hurricanes as a D. So... We have looked at Dougie Hamilton. Yeah. So this guy, not he. So he's he's defensive defenseman, uh, which we need. Yeah. Um, because we've already got our offensive ones like Gardner and Morgan Riley. Yep. Um, he's also six foot six. He's a big one. So he's a huge guy, two hundred twenty nine pounds, age twenty five. So little young. A little bit bigger than uh, Coin Schofield. Just slightly. <laughs> <laughs> so he's six foot six, two hundred twenty nine pounds. Uh, age 25 so young guy as well all right um but so that will sort two problems so that'll sort our big muscle problem our uh, more physical problem and it will uh solve our d problem uh and he 
looks. I don't know if it'll solve a deep, deep problem, but not, it'll not completely. Help. It'll help a lot. Yeah. Um, That's where we need help the most. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think he, if we acquire him, great trade. Uh, and I think we'll uh, end up doing a way better job in the playoffs. And and they'll be able to give him a totally awesome nickname. You know what his nickname will be? What do you? What would it be? Gilmore. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I, I didn't think of that. Yeah, that's pretty good. It, <laughs> it's pretty lame, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Dougie Hamilton, come our way. Come on, Dubas, get him. Yeah, like seriously, he will be the best. And he, not only is like he's literally going to be the biggest guy on our team, yep. which will, as I said, will solve loads of problems. Like imagine him squaring off with Zdeno Chara. At least we have something, you know. Like imagine Mitch Marner squaring six foot two or whatever he is yeah. uh, squaring up against 6'9 Zidane Chara uh, yeah, we or, or even Kadri you know like 6'3 or whatever none of those guys go to Chara but then you got this dude that's 6'6 six, six, at least he can square up someone like Chara and uh, so I mean things would really come together because if you think so we'd have 6'6 six six standing up standing there uh, in front of our goal we'd have 6'6 six six Dougie Hamilton and now and we've got Carlton in the pipes now there we go. He's he's gonna like stuff like the whole Garrett Sparks, Michael <laughs> Clutchinson thing. We are literally we are gonna take Carlton. We are literally cut bound. We're cut bound. We're gonna have Carlton as our backup goalie. <laughs> Any other trade news, or is just was that the one you wanted to check out? This was the big one. Um, one thing I was gonna ask you. Another thing that was said. It wasn't. It wasn't by the Leafs this time, but um, some a hockey analyst said that they don't think that uh, Andreas Janssen or Kapanen will be here this time by the summer. Oh, yeah. Um, so, who do you think will be gone? Oh and God. for which trade? Will it be the Dougie Hamilton trade, or do you think it will be some other amazing trade? Uh, so, so there's two... There's that basically, that question has two parts, and one, one of them is um, who, will, who will they be traded for and... Uh, and the other one is, and you know, which one of them will actually be traded? And um, at the moment, you got to think about in a trade. You've always got to think about two things: value to the team that they're on, so value to us, and but potential value to someone else. So if you are going for a big trade and a big deal, you actually need somebody who's pretty high value. And what sucks is is that you're trading away someone who's probably pretty high value to you as a team as well. And if it's in terms of which one of these players would be more valuable in a big player trade, it's got to be Kapanen at the moment. Kapanen's going to be got to be the more valuable. However, saying that, ever since he was taking off that Matthews line, he has barely produced. Jonsson at the moment is actually doing better than Kapanen stats wise and play wise. But then again, Kapanen's playing on like third line. Yeah. So you hit a you touched a nerve there for me because. Um, Mike Babcock, who we know listens to the podcast every time that it comes out, and is probably listening now. <laughs> <laughs> As if. Babcock, if you're listening, please stop shuffling the lines. Please start to lock some of these things down. Um, you know, there are some. It seems like just as something, some magic starts to happen, another shuffle, uh, another line shuffle comes, and it's not because of injury or anything else. It's just Babcock. Um, constantly tweaking and w- retweaking the lines. Um, please stop doing that. Anyway, the trade. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's pure speculation. We need more info. 
it it sort of feels like it's going to be one of those deals like the Tavares deal where suddenly the first time that you're a whisper about it that a deal's been done or the or the Nylander one like um I remember obviously uh we didn't re- we didn't ever really cover that whole thing cuz uh we started our podcast just just before Christmas yep yeah uh, something like that so we never really went over and covered the whole thing but I know that day we were really busy or something, but we were busy like doing jobs in the house and we were listening to TSN 1050 all day, listening to the whole Nylander coverage thing, which was literally the, all the, the, all the talk all day. Yeah. Uh, what was it? December 1st, December 1st. And, um, he had to sign by six, uh, by 7 PM. Yeah. And there was an announcement at six or something. And there were, there was uh, speculation at six, f- uh, six fifty. Yeah, and the deal was done at six fifty-eight. Wow. So um, yeah, it'll probably just happen. Who knows? Right. Listen, we need to get Cliffy on. Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's let's get we'll go on to Cliffy's notes. Cliffy's notes. Hey, we're back uh, with uh, Scott and Cliff. Cliffy's here with us. Uh, hey, Cliffy, are you there? Hey, yep. Good to uh, good to hear you. good to hear you guys. How are we getting on? Yeah, yeah, really good. Thanks. Um, as you, as everybody knows, we've sort of gone to two two format shows um, in a week. Finn. Uh, yeah, so we've got our shorter one, which is more bite sized, uh, more about the Leafs and uh, the NHL, and then we've got our longer one, including Cliffy's notes. Yeah, so we're gonna try and put the short one out sort of midweek if we can, and w- and this this longer one we'll put out hopefully um, over the weekend. So Cliffy's back with us today, and um, Cliffy. Uh, is a friend of ours from Sheffield, and he uh, plays for the Sheffield Ice Tigers. Although, Scott, are you still on the IR? Yep, still injured, unfortunately. I uh, tore my MCL in my knee on, oh, I think it was November the 25th, in a, in a training sort of a freak accident with a teammate. We sort of got tangled up and uh, went into the boards, and unfortunately, my knee was uh, pointing east when it should have been pointing west. And, um, yeah, so right now I'm currently sort of sat in a leg brace, which I've had on for the past seven weeks or so, and I've got another week and a half wearing it, and then apparently uh, the doctor says no ice hockey for three months after. So, wow. um I know, so quite gutted, but I've seen a good physio, and he's trying to get me, you know, back into game shape. And then I see the NHS physio as well, so I've kind of doubled down on physio, and I've gone private with one, and and um, sort of going for the NHS one as well to to double up. So hopefully, I'll be back on the ice sooner rather than later. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, could have been so much worse. So good to hear you're on the road to recovery. But um, so so Scott joins us um, to uh, because he's got his finger on the pulse of what's happening around uh, U- UK hockey. And um, so the league, uh, the the elite league here, uh, the EIHL. What's happening? What's happening around the league this uh, over the last week or so? Well, there's uh, been a few talking points. Uh, last night they had a live game. Uh, we'll talk about that on first. It was um, streamed on YouTube. So the Nottingham Panthers traditionally don't um, have webcasts, but what they have said is if the games sell out, they will maybe offer like a free YouTube service for those who can't make the game. So they've always um, used the, I guess, the reason in the past that um, while other fans can make the game, then they don't want to put on a streaming service because that will potentially take away revenue and ticket sales. So their owner, Neil Black, uh, Neil Black, who also owns another team in the league, uh, the Glasgow clan, 
they don't traditionally offer webcasts, um, whereas the other 11, well, there's 11 teams in the league and um, nine teams out of 11 do. Um, but they streamed a game last night and Cardiff, who they were playing, um, who are currently uh, the league leaders at the minute. In fact, no, sorry, yeah. Um, Cardiff are, yes. Yeah. I'm getting mixed up. Cardiff are the league leaders. Um, and then Belfast um, are a little bit behind them, but Nottingham lying third. And Nottingham came away last night uh, with the victory uh, over Cardiff. But there was a turning point in the game where there was a big hit. Uh, Jane and Risling, a Nottingham defenseman, uh, number 93, um, laid a, a big hit on former Nottingham Panther, Evan Mosey, who's now with Cardiff. And it conquered Mosey, who was out cold wow. uh, from the hit. So there was a bit of a, a, a discussion around whether the hit was clean, whether it was blindside, whether it was a hit to a head. Um, and now there's uh, yeah a bit of discussion on all the social media channels regarding uh, the hit. So um, it was a tough one. I think you and uh, Thin watched the game, right? Yeah. So we we checked. We were checking in and out with that, and um and popping over and watching a bunch of highlights off the All Star, and we ended up missing that hit. So what's your t- what's your take on that one it was um there was an angle what was initially released by a social media in in real time and when i first watched it i kind of winced i was like "Ooh, ouch mm. and my thought was it looked high and it was a little little not late um because evan mosey had just received a, a pass and it kind of bobbled around in his feet so his head was down but as he got it up, that's when Jane and Risling came in and it was, you know, full high speed impact hit. And um, you could see on the video um, Mosey's head snap back, um, which then initially, you know, my first thought was that was a hit to the head. Yeah. And then up on another angle that was then released and that kind of was more conclusive and showed that it was a hit to a head. And then there's been a photo um, sort of, and put out on social media since from uh, a Cardiff fan who took a picture of Mosey after the game and he had a quite a bad black eye um, and he was out cold for, for a little while on the ice and apparently um, some fans who've talked to his dad have, have since said that the last thing that Mosey remembers prior to the hit was having breakfast that morning so um, yeah wow. it was quite a, quite a nasty concussion from what I gather proper, he'll be out on proper for a while Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was like Scott Stevens' mid-ice hit. It was uh, sort of rolling back the years, that one. Oh, man, um, man that's terrible. Concussion's yeah. never nice. No, not at all. And uh, hopefully, you know, speedy recovery for Evan Mosey and hopefully won't be all out for too long. Yeah, he was hoping he's back soon. Uh, but with concussions, uh, pretty much the same thing there happened with Janssen the other week. Yeah, that's who's, right. Who's Leafs. still still out mm. with concussion. Oh yeah, he's um, still out. He was on concussion. He's still on concussion watch, which is, yeah. I mean, can go on for weeks, right? So I guess that could happen here too. So Scott, do they have like concussion spotters here, like they do in the NHL? Is that um, a thing? I don't know if they, if it's as um, I guess as structured as the NHL, but each team is assigned a, a club doctor, so a doctor has to be present um, for both teams and be made available for both, both teams. So it's right. um, the home team who has to make a doctor available, yeah. and then each team generally has things like their physios and and sport therapists and. Um, strength and conditioning coaches, um, but initially with 
um, you know, a, a big hit, the, the club doctor will assess. But now, because there's so much more awareness with concussions and, and concussion protocol, that players, when they receive a hit to a header, immediately sort of took to the locker room and checked out, yeah. um, you know, with the doctor. And I guess, you know, most of the time they'll take the necessary precautions and, um, you know, not allow the player to... Um, see the ice rest of their game yeah yeah definitely err on the side of caution so wow super mm. big hit and so what did the score what was the final score of that game uh the final score was i think it was three three two to nottingham so wow. i had a i had a game last night myself uh, with the ice tigers obviously i wasn't playing um but i was helping out on the bench it was a good win for the ice tigers actually nice what was the uh, score on that in the tigers game? it was 4-2 against the Sheffield Mavericks, so a local rival. Awesome. Um, so a couple of wins on the bounce now for the Ice Tigers, so we're getting a bit of momentum going. So it's good to see the boys and um, see them happy and celebrating a win. Awesome, awesome. So two, two, bi- two big wins in, in uh, Cliffy's life last night. <laughs> yeah, just checking the score. It was actually 2-1 uh, win uh, for Nottingham over Cardiff. Yeah. And um, they've since recently, Nottingham have released their coach, um, this was about a week and a half ago now. So Rich Chinonas, who only came in at the start of the season, he, he had a quite an extensive coaching background in North America and Europe. So he kind of came in with a lot of plaudits and the fans were really excited and um, about his arrival. And I think they had a, a streak of 16 games um, with only like something like two wins in 16 games. Ouch. So then that was the catalyst, I believe, for Neil Black, the owner, then sort of parting ways with Chinona. So the current bench coach, a guy called Rick Strachan, who's previously coached in the league with Hull Stingrays, um, he is now the interim um, coach, and uh, he's got a couple of wins in a row now. So they're looking a bit more rejuvenated and... Um, They've also been boosted, I believe, last time we mentioned about it, with the signing of Chris Stewart, who played over 600 games in the NHL. He's finding his feet a bit more and uh, putting a few points up now as well. So you think um, they may be happy enough with their interim situation to hang on to that coach for the rest of the season? Yeah, possibly. I mean, it's always good to um, just allow Strachan to have a bit of time and um, allow the play, allow him to impose his systems and then see if the players buy in. So if it was me, I'd use the time now to begin to maybe look and, and rebuild and recruit for next year and kind of get ahead of the market and get the jump yeah. uh, with the recruiting situation. Because feasibly, I mean, Cardiff are on 64 points from 40 games, Nottingham are on 53 points in third from 45 games. And so I can't really see a way back in it for Nottingham. Yeah. I think it's going to be between Cardiff and Belfast. So Belfast currently sits second with 57 points from 39 games. So they've still got a bit of a gap to close there. So they've got a seven-point gap to, to close, um, but a game in hand. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be an interesting sort of stretch going into into the final couple of months of the season. Wow. So and um, so... Where where did things end up last season? Who who won the league? It was uh, Cardiff once again. So Cardiff are looking at um, emulating uh, the Steelers' previous form. So the Steelers had a double back-to-back victory in the, I think it was the 15 and 16 season. And then uh, Cardiff took the plaudits um, last season. And uh, they're looking at replicating that with uh, with two uh, league victories on the bounce or two league championships on the bounce. So they're looking, you know, looking strong right now. 
Um, they're deep in every area. They've got good goaltending in Ben Bounds, who's the British number one goaltender. Um, and yeah, they're looking really strong, really stacked in every department. Yeah, we, we saw some great saves from Bounds last night. Oh, what about Belfast Giants? Now, are they usually kicking around the top sort of two or three in the league, or is, or is that just a thing this year? Yeah, Belfast are generally there or thereabouts. Um, you know, they're a strong team. They've got a good newish coach in Adam Keefe. So his older brother, Sheldon Keefe, uh, coaches the Marlies. And um, so then Adam, he's kind of gone into coaching himself. Um, he was a player coach a couple of years ago, and now he's strictly the bench coach. And um, he's he's doing well. I think they've been hampered a little bit by injuries. They had Colin Shields out, who's another Great Britain international uh, previous captain of theirs. He's been out on uh, long-term injury for a little while, um, and they've been hampered a bit with the injury situation. But like I say, they're currently sitting second on, on 57 points. But I think this year it's Cardiff's title to lose. Uh, so uh, um, the one thing I, I know about um, Belfast is they have a huge support um, in that city. I mean, I've only been, uh, I've, I haven't been there much, but um, the last time I was up there, they've got an amazing arena, which I think is relatively new. It's basically for, for people listening from overseas, it is it sits in the uh, dockyards where the Titanic was built. And um, I think it's it's got to be pretty new, right, Scott? I mean... Yeah, it's the Odyssey Arena. I believe it was built in the early 2000s. Right, um, okay. Because they've been around now, the Belfast Giants, since the early 2000s. I can't remember which year exactly. And, um, yeah, it's, it's called, I believe it's now called the SSE yeah, Arena. Right. It used to be called the Odyssey Arena for a while before that. And uh, like you say, it sits nicely. It's in a nice area. Uh, Belfast is a beautiful city, by the way, for anyone who's not been. I, I really enjoy going there when I do get the chance. Uh, a lot of history in the city. And, um, yeah, it's, it's sat near the Docklands where uh, the Titanic was built, and they've got the Titanic Museum, which is, uh, you know, great as well. Yeah, no, and it's, um, I mean, uh, in similarity to Sheffield, actually, they've obviously pumped a load of money into regenerating what was um, some real industrial parts of the city uh, with great results. Um, one of the things that I'd say about Belfast Giants as well is when I was there, I, I uh, flew up there for business, and I was there for a couple of days, and uh, I had just missed a game the night that I arrived or something like that. And um, I was up there, and of course, I wanted to get some stuff for Finn and, and uh, the rest of the family, some giant stuff. But it was shut. The, the shop was shut. So I, tw I tweeted uh, the club, and the, the head of merchandising tweeted me back and said, listen, we're shut, but I'll meet you at, uh, he's come down to the shop, and I'll meet you at the shop and let you in, and you can get some stuff. And oh, wow. So, yeah, totally, on a day that they were closed. Which is, yeah. uh, you know, that is how you promote a team. You know, that's a, a totally amazing. Anyway, can't say enough about uh, about Belfast Giants. So absolutely, uh, there are there are just to add to that, they're a very good forward-thinking organisation in terms of the the staff they've got there. I know the operations manager uh, fairly well, a guy called James Glover. I've played in sort of hockey tournaments with him, and he's sort of partly responsible with another guy called Mark Brooks, who's um, you know, heavily involved to get over the NCAA Friendship Four tournament. So they've done very well in attracting, you know, the NCAA tournament to come to um, to come to Belfast and to put on a great show. And um, and then even recently with the IIHF uh, tournament as well. So they've done a cracking job and uh, a very good organisation as well. That's awesome. Uh, so moving back to the NHL, obviously this weekend was the All Star Game weekend. 
uh, just the All-Star weekend. Um, so, so we tried to watch a bit of the highlights the next day. But do you have any any standout points that you've seen about the All-Star yeah, have game? Have you managed to watch much of that stuff, Cliffy? Yeah, like yourselves, we, um, I caught bits of it. Um, so I caught bits sort of live on on TV. Um, or, well, maybe not live, actually. Um, so yeah, I was that like four in the morning, most of it? You know, so oh, no, definitely crazy didn't, didn't catch it live. Definitely didn't catch it live. Then I was, uh, yeah, definitely asleep at that point. But um, I caught, caught bits of it and caught the highlights, um, probably similar to you guys. So I saw... Um, Know, the fastest skating competition, um, the hardest shot, which I always quite enjoy watching. Me too. Yeah, um, yeah and then, you know, it, it was quite good this year watching the different skills that they had going off, and it just looked more slick and more professional with the actual, I guess, the equipment that they used for the um, target shooting and things like that. It was quite good to watch, and yeah. the faces on the, on the targets, yeah. which were pretty cool They've as moved well. on from just having, like, um, styrofoam bits in there that you blast out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely more more professional looking so we earlier in the um in the podcast we were talking about women in in hockey and in fact we've talked about that on a on a previous episode as well and Mm. as far as you know social media goes and awareness goes i think that that's just blown up over the all-stars with a with a couple different um situations that have happened if if you know some of the things i'm referring to there yeah absolutely um looking at sort of brianna decker and how she's done amazing with the um you know, with the competition, um, it, I believe it wasn't documented um, officially, but she recorded um, the, I think it was the passing um, time, well, it was the, the passing competition. She got a one minute six, and she had a really good round, and apparently CCM um, were that impressed that they're sort of paying her 25K. Um, and yeah, I mean, she she did amazing in that competition. And then Kendall Coyne Schofield, who stepped up and replaced Nathan McKinnon um, yeah. in the fastest skater competition, and she recorded a time of fourteen point three four six, and Dave McDavid recorded a time of thirteen point three seven eight. So just shy of a second, um, less than a second behind McDavid, which is amazing, absolutely amazing, and you know, just goes to show that you know there's not just talent at the NHL level and, and throughout the men's game, but the the women's game and, and particularly, you know, these Team USA representatives who are taking part in the All-Stars are, you know, putting themselves on a, a good um, sort of pedestal and a good level as well. So that's great to see. Yeah, for sure. I mean, one of the things that I, and I mean, I, I, I'm i just, you know, we're huge, we're new, huge Decker fans and, and uh, Coin Schofield. We totally, totally love them as players now. And, um, one of the things that I love so much about the um, fastest skate competition is that, you know, if they if if they were cynical about it, you could just stand there with a pair of skates on and imagine like a sort of a speed skater who's just, you know, wearing the lightest possible stuff to see how fast they can possibly go. But if they make it genuine, right, you have to have all your kit on and you even have to be holding a stick, right? And when you see um, when you see them coming around there, and you're thinking, "My God, that is fast!" You know what I mean? If, if you can imagine chasing someone like that as a D-man, it's like your worst nightmare. But um, but to see the strides that that um, Coin Schofield was putting in, that like that those that power skating is just it was textbook. You know what I mean? And 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 there you are. Everybody's thinking. I I can imagine loads of people in North America are, are way more ill-fay with. Um, you know, women's hockey and that sort of thing, but I can imagine loads of people tuning in and thinking, oh my God, you know, that woman is barely a second slower than the fastest skater in the NHL. That's pretty badass. 
Oh, absolutely. And I mean, what a way to inspire the next crop of young female players coming through. I mean, there must be young female players who are looking at that and thinking, wow, that's an amazing achievement. And then seeing the, you know, the, the scales she was playing in front of, I mean, the crowd of over 14,000, I mean, such an amazing opportunity, but a great way to, I guess, be a, a trailblazer and hopefully inspire the next crop of young players to come through to the game and um, yeah, it's, it's brilliant to see absolutely and i know that this is only a snapshot of the um the impact that that had but so we were posting pictures of of both decker and uh, coin schofield on our instagram account and we've got about eleven thousand followers on instagram plug plug and <laughs> and uh, when we posted pictures of those we had hundreds of likes and almost every single one of those was from um, a, a girl or, a, a, you know, a woman uh, who is, um, you know, uh, interested in hockey or whatever. They all came from those. You know, the inspiration was totally there. So totally amazing. But as an update to that situation, um, I noticed that uh, the NHL has now said, I don't know if you've seen this today, they've said they're going to. So there were four real um, uh, professional women players that, that um, were invited two from Team Canada and two from Team USA. And the two that we've been talking about are both the the USA ones. Um, But the NHL has now said to the four of them that um, they are giving them each uh, $25,000 that they can donate to, uh, that they will donate to the nominated hockey uh, charity of their choice. And at first I thought, oh, that sounds good but a bit lame like why didn't they just get the money themselves you know to do with what they wanted mm-hmm. like that like the mentee but the uh, then there's sort of like a fine print to that and uh, also the nhl has given them an undisclosed amount of money each as well and for whatever oh, re- whatever reason they they probably can't say that because it's a competition right there's rules and regulations and all all sorts of things so there's that and obviously like you mentioned ccm have uh, have um given decker the the prize money that that she would have had uh, in that competition, so totally amazing. I just, I just think the All Star Game can sort of fall flat for me, or the All Star Weekend. I like some of the skill stuff and whatnot, but this, this year, you know, I think the the, the absolute huge headline story is, um, you know, women in hockey. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And um, like I say, it's a great gesture by the NHL to um, to award money, uh, twenty five thousand dollars each, to go to their selected charities, or I believe they could send it to. Um, designated hockey programs as well from from what i read um so to you know use that money to then help um you know either a hockey program or a charity and then getting an undisclosed amount of money as well it's, it's great and you know it's good recognition for you know the women's game and, and so what these incredible female players have achieved yeah uh, totally amazing totally amazing right so we we usually um sort of end the cliffy's notes sec- section uh, by asking you a question about the Leafs. Are you ready? <laughs> Fire away. So we want to know your thoughts on William Nylander, how well he's doing and how well you think he's going to be doing by the end of the season. Ooh, right. <laughs> a tough one. Um, obviously, there's been a, a lot of press about Willie since um, signing his new contract and all the, um, I guess, the talk before the contract and how long that took to resolve. And I guess now it's, it's probably feeling the pressure a little bit because he had all that expectation and all that, I guess, distraction whilst he was waiting for that contract to be signed. And, and he's probably tensing and holding the stick a little bit tight out there. I mean, he's got one goal in, I believe, 21 games. So he must be frustrating um, and feel feeling the frustrations. I know the fans 
are and we know what the Toronto press can be like in terms of you know putting players under spotlight and um, and whatnot um so he's you know he's, he's in for a bit of a tough time at the minute but the game against the capitals he was on a line with uh, connor brown and nazim kadri and you know, that line looked great they got free assists that game i believe you know he uh, hounded down ovechkin and um sort of turned the puck over and passed it right to zaitsev who, who got the goal and so i think it's a time you know only a matter of time before he comes good and you know what it's like in hockey hockey is a confident sport when you aren't confident, you know, it can massively affect you out there. And, you know, it's the sort of split second decisions, what it affects, where you begin to doubt yourself. It's the, oh, should I shoot? Should I pass? Um, should I deke this guy in a breakaway? Should I not deke? Um, you know, and it, you start to really question yourself. And then when you do that, you're gripping your stick tighter. So it's a huge um, catch-22 situation. Um, but there's, I think, a little over 30 games left. Uh, you know, I, I think he'll come good because a player of that quality and of that caliber, you know, you can't keep him down for long. And everyone has a dry spell. Everyone has a rough patch. Um, I guess one goal in 21 games is, is pretty disappointing. But at the same time, you know, a, a player of his quality doesn't just fade away and, and disappear. And I think it's a case of he will come good, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah, uh, I, you, you were talking about confidence. And I think that since the start of the season, he's obviously got a lot more confident. And uh, once again, talking about the Caps game the other day, uh, he got three primary assists, I think, on uh, all of of Kadri's goals, um, which just shows that that line's starting to work. And um, I think it's the point of the season where Babcock needs to start keeping lines like that that are working really well and um, maybe fiddling around a bit with the fourth line. But I think he should should start keeping the lines that are working. Locking them down. Locking them down and keep getting ready for the playoffs, especially with our... uh, a forward orientated team right now yeah for sure it's a funny thing like you say Scott I mean so much happens in a split second and, and in the moment and that sort of thing but you know chemistry changes from season to season as well and maybe that maybe Nylander is an assister this year and that's just the role that he's going to settle into and and you know that's great if uh you know assist mean goals Absolutely, as long as you know he's contributing and and you know his teammates and uh, Babcock and everyone at the organisation, I guess, are happy with him. Then you know that's all that matters. And you know it, players can adapt their role and their game over time. Um, and you know I reckon he, he will come good on the goal front. It's just it's like I guess like buses. <laughs> you know you wait ages um, for one, one doesn't come, and then all of a sudden you get three or four coming along. So. <laughs> Goals can often come in bunches and, um, you know, you hit hit peaks and troughs when you play hockey. And, um, you know, when you get that sort of first goal or that next goal, then, you know, they just seem to follow and the confidence then builds from there. So it'll come good, I think. Um, you know, we're such a, an offensively stacked team and an offensively minded team that, you know, he's, he, it's not like he's not getting the chances. He's, he's getting in the right spots and he's getting those chances. And same with Austin as well. I know Austin went off the boil um, a little bit, but he's getting the chances as well. So it's only a matter of time before, you know, we, we bury those, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, listen, on that high note, we're probably going to have to bring this sec- uh, section to a wrap. Uh, Scott, thanks so much for coming on again. We, we love having you on, on, the, uh, on the show. And uh, hopefully you'll come back for, your, uh, for our next long format one as well. Absolutely. And uh, my pleasure, guys. Love being on the show. And uh, you guys do a great job. So happy to be on whenever you need me. All right. Cheers, Scott. We'll, we'll speak to you again soon. Yeah, thank you very yep. much. Okay, see ya. Will do. See you guys. Thank you. Bye. 
Uh, so great to have Cliffy back on the show, and uh, and he's uh, he's agreed to come on um, whenever we need him, and we always are going to need him in that in this um, long form podcast. So Cliffy's notes, I love it. It's such a great guy. It's such uh, so great to have um, a bit of news around the elite league here in the UK. So uh, looking forward to having him back on again. Let's talk about the uh, Capitals game. Okay, so first off, you want to talk the score. Do you remember the score? Uh, was it twenty nothing Maple Leafs? Unfortunately, no. That would have been great, and you know, get every player on the team a point. Even was it six three? Yes, six three Leafs. Um, so funny thing. So in the last uh podcast, we were talking about the whole um, we d- were talking about the whole uh two games uh losing streak thing, and we were talking about how um. The the like uh, what's it called the pattern? Yeah. Uh, with their losing is that they actually scored first, probably got a bit cockier, a bit more relaxed. Relax is good, but Took I think the they got the too relaxed. Yeah. Um, and then ended up losing the game. So, thinking of that pattern, Washington scored first. Right. Uh, they scored, uh, eighteen forty-seven to the first period. Uh, Nick Backstrom. We love. Chasing the deficit, don't we? It's just our special skill, mate. Uh, it just seems that the, they have to to get the fire burning. We got to be scored on. The the whole thing was saying, oh, yeah, they need to start on time. If we don't start on time, we win. If we do start on time, we lose. I don't know how that works. No, I don't either. Um, well, so Caps open the, up the scoring. Yeah, one 0 Washington. And um, we should mention that. I mean, I know if you're a Leafs fan and you're an NHL fan. Um, Caps are, uh, you know, they're going to be a, a contender, a cup contender for sure. So this is always going to be a big, big game for us. Especially uh, going back to our first playoff appearance, uh, Matthew's first year, we c- went up against um, league-leading Washington Capitals and put up a good fight, if you remember. So there's still kind of a bit of a rivalry there. Yeah. All the way back to that playoff, uh, playoff rivalry. Don't play them very much, though. No. Um, I'm pretty sure it, it's all divisional stuff. Yeah. So if you're in, if you're in their divi- if you if it's a team in your division, you usually end up playing them four times. Yeah. Then not, then you uh, usually end up Once playing them twice. like twice, three yeah. times. Okay. Um, so caps open up the scoring. Yep. Uh, 1934 into the first. So. Dying seconds of the first period. 26 seconds left in the first period. Uh, Nazim Kadri. Yeah. Eleventh goal of the season. Big Naz. Uh tied one one. Uh assist going to William Nylander. Yes, Willie with a point. And Morgan Riley. Love Riley. Should have gone the All Star game. Definitely. Hashtag Bitmo. Um second period. Uh Leafs go down two one to Washington. Alexander Ovechkin. Uh assisted by TJ Oshie and Kempney. Right. Ovi showing ha- showing why he's one of the best. Even though he didn't go to the All Star game, but that was a choice. Refused. Yeah, fair enough. Fine. Uh, Nikita Zaitsev scored to tie it 2 2. Uh, first goal of the season. Wow. Took him a while. It has taken him a little bit of a while. He's a, a, a slow uh, slow burner. Yeah, he's, he's going to be on a 50 goal pace. Two goals game now from now on. <laughs> um, uh, assisted by William Nylander, second point of the night. Uh, and really? Nazem Kadri also second point of the night. Nice. Okay. Leafs take the lead 3-2 at 16-19 into the second period. Um, 
Austin Matthews, 21st goal of the uh, season. Future captain. Future captain. Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews. <laughs> Assisted by Morgan Riley, second goal, second point of the nice. game. And John Tavares. So you can tell that's the power play line. Yeah, yeah, power, power play goal. Um, third period, Leafs take a 4-2 lead. Uh, Nazem Kadri. Naz pops in a second one. Second one. So that's his 12th goal, goal of the season. Uh, assisted by Connor Brown and Matt Marincin. Right. Um, uh, next goal, 5-2 Toronto. Nazem Kadri completes his hat-trick, 13th goal of the season. Assisted by Connor Brown and William Nylander. Nylander with another. Third so that, point. So that, that is huge for Naz. Yeah, especially after, so I'm pretty sure last year he was on second line Yeah. with uh, Mitchie and Marlowe. Yeah. And they obviously worked their magic. Kadri had like a record season, Yep. Um, which was great. Uh, so, but he hasn't, uh, he's been on third line this year, so hasn't been producing as much and it, everyone knows he wants to and he's said to the press that he wants to and that he's trying really hard. And uh, this just shows it. Yeah, so he's sitting on a line with Nylander, and who's on the other side? Connor Brown. And Brown. And so that line between him and Nylander produces two goals, and um, and the power play, he uh, he pops one in on the power play as well. Yep. Um, so Washington can come back, trying to uh, claw back some kind of victory here. Yeah, so uh, we're so up four goals. We have four goals at that point? Uh, we're actually uh, no up three, three goals. Three goals, uh, and then it comes down to two goals. Uh, Matt Niskanen, uh, assisted by T.J. Oshie and Nick Backstrom. Right, and then Mitchell Marner, twentieth goal of the season. God, that guy's Six, good. Six three Toronto, empty net goal, uh, unassisted. <laughs> right, because he's a legend. Um, <laughs> yeah, legend but, on a, on an open goal. But um, we forgot to say this was the. This was the night that uh, Babcock let Matt Matthews and Marner play on the same line. The triple M line. Oh, Marlow, yeah. Matthews, Marner. Yeah, that's sweet. I like that line. M cubed. I'm not sure how how long it'll go for because I'm pretty yeah. sure Matthew said in an interview afterwards, Babs didn't like it too much, but I love playing with Marner and I know he did too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is great. Uh, so I'm looking at some of the stats here. Shots were actually in favor of Washington, 44 to 37. And Anderson was in. Uh, Anderson was in that, yes. Um, so, yeah, pretty good game. All that was an awesome game. Uh, and especially against Washington as well. That's fantastic. That's great. That's fantastic. So, in in the last um, little burst games, we dismantled Tampa Bay. Lost to, like, literally the three, one of the, some of the three weakest teams in the league. And then destroyed, and then destroyed, the, destroyed capitals. the Capitals. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, the, the, the Leafs like picking and choosing who they like to, uh, like they like to beat. They only like beating the good teams, you know. Yeah, yeah. They're, uh, they're, Feel the, bad you know, for the Goliath killers. Feel bad for the, s- the smaller teams. But we've got it. We've got what it takes, you know. We just need to hold on to that consistency. And, and uh, Nylander um, producing points. Naz putting up a hat trick. I mean, you know, points coming from places you don't even expect them to come from. Yeah, I'm pretty sure a Nylander is on six points, which obviously in like 21 games or whatever it is, yeah, isn't crap. isn't the best. Uh, but seeing as before the game, he only had three points. Yeah. 
he now has six. But so I, it's not bad. I have to agree with what Cliffy was saying earlier, which is he's gonna come. He will come good. Yeah, and especially with he's uh, as as we were also talking about earlier. Um, confidence, right? He must be building loads of confidence now, right? After getting a three-point game, um, he'll be getting loads more confidence. He'll get more relaxed, as Cliffy was saying. He's holding on. He probably he's probably holding on to that stick a bit tighter, feeling the pressure, especially with the Toronto media. Yeah. Um, but his his hands are going to loosen up again. He's going to turn back into ne- the Nylander we all know and love for sure. And uh, he's just going to start scoring, and then that's it. You know, it wouldn't be a bad thing for him. So he's he's gone from being ice cold to being lukewarm, I would say. So yeah. so he's heating up, right? And so it wouldn't be a bad thing if over the next, you know, month or so that he's, you know, getting extra warm, approaching to hot, and that actually by the time he's red hot is the start of the playoffs, somewhere around there. Yeah, because... It'll also be a surprise to quite a few teams, especially if he starts producing. Because if he starts producing like he used to, like literally a, at least a point per game, um, then it'll be a shock to some of those playoff teams, especially if he starts properly, as you said, get red hot near the playoffs. If we end up going against someone like Tampa or Buffalo or something like that, he's going to he's gonna be like our little secret weapon kind of thing. Like, guess who's back? Nylander. Yeah, for sure. He's He's coming back. I feel it. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Right. Listen, uh, let's go quickly to the uh, Chiarelli firing. Yeah, so Peter Chiarelli, uh, GM, former GM of the Edmonton Oilers, um, also, Oilers, also responsible for some of the worst trades in hockey history, including the Taylor Hall trade. Yeah. So think about it. Taylor Hall MVP last season. I don't even know. What, I can't. He's the the player they traded him for was so it's so bad. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Um. um yeah, don't know. Shane Ray. Obviously, they also <laughs> so Matt Barzell. Oh yeah. Leaf killer. Yeah. Um, they traded a first a first round pick, uh, which ended up being him to yeah. the Islanders. Yeah. Um. Also. Uh, Jordan Eberle. Yeah. Florida Panthers also sick player. Uh, and all of this was down to this one guy, uh, Peter Trelli. And yeah. he was finally, after all this time, fired earlier this week. Yeah. And uh, who's I forget, who's in the frame for that job? I genuinely have no clue, but this was such huge They just huge knew that they needed to get him out. Because people, people, people have been ripping on him, including Oilers fans themselves, Yeah. for ages now. And management has finally seen, like, enough is enough. Yeah. Connor McDavid can't carry this team for the rest of his life. Yeah. And when it comes to him wanting to stay with the team or when his contract finally expires if he wants if he wants to go and try and join another team. Yeah. If it comes to that and his team's so bad that he has to do everything and he's just getting bored of losing even though he's playing better than anyone else in the league. If it if it comes to that and it's all down to these awful trades and these awful plays that this GM has made. And they lose someone like Connor McDavid. Yeah, that's gonna ruin that franchise and maybe even force it, force it to fold. That, that reminds me of one of those. You know, you see those things on social media all the time. Which of these things would you rather? And so it's sort of like, which would you rather be? The most amazing player in the NHL on a really shitty team, or 
a really shitty guy on the most amazing team in the NHL. And win, and end up winning the Stanley Cup or whatever <laughs> in the first season. It's got to be the latter for anybody, right? Yeah. Nobody wants to be the brilliant guy on a rubbish team. Like, I'm not even going to lie. Even if Conor McDavid asked for a trade or ended up getting traded for some unknown reason, uh, maybe they probably hired a monkey for the next GM. <laughs> At least it's an improvement. And they end up trading like Conor McDavid. I'm not. Go- I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. It's not the first time something like that's happened. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. No, exactly. Right. So he's gone. Um, but that was probably one of the biggest uh, things that happened in the in the NHL world before the All Star Game. Yep. Um, and I just thought we should probably touch upon that. Yep. Before no, we end good the to episode. Mention, that's a turning point for that team. Hopefully, that franchise can really start to move forward again. Yeah. Um, and maybe one day we might see every all six of the Canadian teams in the playoffs. Be nice. Should be very nice. Yeah. Should be very nice. Uh, I've just discovered that we've got one of the worst uh, technical issues that we can have here at the UK Hockey Fam headquarters. Beer is out and the beer fridge is empty. I've run out of beer. That's uh, so always a problem. We should bring this one to an end. Um, right. Anyone you want to say a big shout out to? Yeah, a couple shout outs as always. Um it can't be easy being a uh, hockey retailer in the UK because it's such a niche sport and everything else. So yeah. we, we do like to make sure that we support some of the people that have been good to us. And so uh, one of the best um, hockey pro shops um, ar- around us locally in Swindon is uh, All Star Sports run by our mate Clarky Ian Clark. Uh, so a big shout out to those guys. They're awesome. If you're in anywhere around the southeast, um, Check them out. Great shop. Great guys. Uh, up north, uh, again, when we're up there uh, playing in Sheffield or whatever else, um, Puck Stop are the people to go and see there. Uh, fantastic big shop. Great uh, pro shop. Really great with skates. Can do anything that, that uh, you need doing with your skates there. Really great people. Family run. Um, also family run uh, business. So yeah. shout out to both of those guys. Um, Bionic Skate blades now uh being distributed finally over here in the uk a great success story these guys are uh, great great people and uh their blades are totally amazing you can now get them in the uk from either of those shops that i just mentioned all-star in swindon or um puck stop in sheffield i know for sure both those places have them get yourself over there get rid of those step blades or whatever else you've got get a set of bionics on and watch your game just come forward in leaps and bounds so that's a big up for bionic uh, Beer League Republic, I love you guys. Um, from also from Ontario, Sports Green, uh, great friends of ours as well. Um, if you, if anybody wants to take a couple shots on the Sports Green, and you're anywhere near Oxfordshire, just hit us up. Get hit us up with a DM and come by our house and take some shots on one. You won't believe this thing. Uh, all the guys at Sports Green, fantastic. Um, let's not go overboard. Okay, we'll leave it there. Yeah. Um, so. Awesome. Remember to follow us on all our social media so you can uh, always know when a podcast is coming out. Uh, so make sure to obviously to subscribe to our podcast. Uh, we're on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, TuneIn Radio. That's one of the most recent ones, and SoundCloud. You can get us straight from SoundCloud. So wherever you get your podcast, you should be able to find us. Just search for UK Hockey Fan. Um, if you're getting us somewhere that you don't, you're not keen on at the moment, just go to SoundCloud or whatever else. The link's always in our social media profiles and everything else. We can't thank you, folks, um, enough for listening to uh, into our podcast, and we are just astounded at the at the the numbers that are really coming up. So, 
thank you so much for your support. Um, it's great to know that there are more people out there like us. We know there are loads of hockey families out there. Uh, we know that there are loads of Leafs fans. And um, so come and listen to us talk about hockey and Leafs uh, from Oxfordshire, UK. We'll have uh, our short form podcast out midweek. So until then, uh, have a good one. Yeah, see you guys. Is the best game you can name, and the best game you can name is the good old.